Hello and welcome to the Court of Alex podcast. I'm Muse and I'm a very happy Marvel person this week. And as always, I'm here with Joe. Hello. And V. Hi. We're a comic podcast that uploads weekly. You can check the show notes for which comics we'll be covering this week and their timestamps so you can skip over those titles if it's something you haven't read yet or aren't interested in reading. Yeah, since I'm the host, I'm totally taking control, and we're going to start with Marvel first this week. Okay. So, Empire number four is the comic that I'm going to be covering. The writer is still uh, Al Ewing and Dan Slott, and the artist is Valerio Shiti. There's there's a lot happening in this. Last issue, we left off with the huge reveal that Tanulf the Pursuer, the Kree accuser, is actually the grandmother of Teddy Altman, Doric VIII, and the empress of the Skrull. She's been disguising herself as Tanalf. We don't know how long. It seems like she's been acting weird for a while now. After that reveal, she has sequestered herself away, according to the other generals of the Kree-Skrull alliance. While this happens, Hulkling runs up to the show with swagger and confidence his boy has not had. He has a very different demeanor about him, quoting and saying there are no civilians, only warriors, when it comes to his reasoning for ordering the deployment of the pyre upon the solar system. So they're essentially, if the Kotati cannot be put under control or to be stopped, then they will use the super weapon to destroy the sun, which would then destroy Earth and the moon, preventing the Kotati spread into the rest of the universe, killing millions of people. I'm getting, like, serious Halo vibes from this. (laughs) Of course, our heroes that are still on the ship, which include Carol Danvers and Johnny Storm, are a little upset with this. Uh, Carol calls him out and he corrects her by calling himself Doric the Eighth, which is technically his legal name if we're going based off of what his mother named him before she died instead of using Teddy, which throughout all of this, including a lot of the alternate material like Emperor Hulkling and even in Captain Marvel, he will correct people if they call him Doric the Eighth. He's like, no, call me Teddy. Like just Guys, you don't need to use that name. It's too formal. Um, so it's a weird shift over from that. You're like, okay, what's what's going on? What? I'm I'm sorry. I because I just read the Road to Empire today to try and get an understanding of it. And at the very end, the tr- there's a transmission from Doric the Eighth. It's the same. Yeah. It looked like Teddy, but I didn't want to assume. It's I him. thought maybe mm-hmm. other scrolls had piercings in their ears. <laughs> it's the name his mother gave him. Gotcha. But, <laughs> and how the other scroll referred to him and the Kree, because that's his name, but his alias slash his preferred name, because that's what he grew up with, was Teddy Altman. Right. He grew up as just a human on Earth. Teddy is acting weird. What is that? Well, with the fact that he's acting weird... And the fact that Tanalf has sequestered herself in her quarter immediately raises eyebrows. I'm calling grandma shenanigans. 
um, <laughs> because she wants him to succeed. And we even saw in Emperor Hulkling, she was so determined to get rid of the one thing that really makes him human, which is Wiccan. Right. So, of course, Carol uses her new accuser's hammer to try and scan him. So she scans his genetic makeup as Dork the Eighth, Teddy Altman. Because I initially thought, oh, Grandma locked him away and is pretending to be him, but it wouldn't have come back 100%. It would have come back, like, close to a genetic match, but not 100%. Mm. So maybe some weird mind manipulation, but even still, does she have that ability? Right. So a skirmish breaks out. Well, during this skirmish, Teddy wants them gone. So he calls upon his mage woman, who's also apparently half scroll, half Cree, and says to deal with them. So she uses her magic and teleports them away. And this is her excuse because they're like, why didn't you blast them? And she says, all I had prepared was a teleportation spell. I was saving it in case we needed to evacuate. What are you, a druid from, like, D&D where you have to prepare spells daily or something? I feel like that's a trend in all comics lately, is, like, every comics writer has been playing tons of D&D, and it's been <laughs> seeping into every magic-based character. Like, even in Marvel before, like, Doctor Strange, Wiccan, Scarlet Witch, they just do their thing. They don't need to prepare a spell. But also, she was totally lying. But I can understand when it comes to, like, doing ritualistic spells or really strong and powerful spells that you might take some time to do it because it requires a lot of concentration or whatnot. So that's just a thing that's kind of, I think, been in a lot of high fantasy things that deal with magic. Sure, because otherwise everything's too easy. Mm-hmm. But also, like, can you imagine how awesome it'd be to be the only magic user on your team? You're like... <laughs> oh no, I need chocolate to get this spell done. Like, And they can't argue with you because they don't know how it works. <laughs> so like, the fact that she could just be like, um, I had to have one prepared. Like she doesn't remember any recipes from heart. She has to like go to her little book and memorize it that morning. Zero other spells in my belt. So <laughs> as you can see from your zero knowledge of magic, I had to do this. Which <laughs> is awesome. Love it. And also, of course, the place that it teleports them to is Wiccan and Hulkling's apartment in New York City. Which is 100% how you know that she did it on purpose. Yeah. It's, like, really convenient with that. Maybe the in case of emergency, that's where she would send her emperor to. Like, if anything happened, he told her, prepare a teleportation right. spell to send me home where it's safe. It just seemed weirdly out of left field. We then jump to a little scene between Tony Stark and Reed Richards. And I still don't understand what their purpose is. They're, they've just been in this lab. Science bros, put them in a room, figure out everything. But they're not even telling us what they're trying to do with science. Reed's just standing around going like, Tony, what are you doing? You're supposed to be doing... <laughs> just so funny. Because Reed's not doing anything either. That I've seen him <laughs> do that so many times, though. Where he's just standing around, he's like... Nobody else cares as much as me. And it's like, what are you doing? Literally, Mr. Science Man, you're completely useless. You're the most <laughs> useless person in your whole team. I'm so over Reed Richards forever. I'm also over Tony, though, so like... I don't blame you. <laughs> Tony's such a pest these days. Yes, he is. And he's wallowing in self-pity and making himself a new Iron Man suit using the Fantastic Four aesthetics. 
So it's a blue and white suit with the F in the middle instead of where the arc reactor is supposed to be. And Reed calls him out on it. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you making another suit? And he's essentially giving the excuse of, it makes me happy, damn it. And he's doing the magic thing where he's like, it's my process. It's how I work through problems, Reed. Like, Gosh. You wouldn't understand. You don't have the same intelligence about this stuff as I do. And he's like, <laughs> yes, I do. And more. <laughs> you don't get it, Reed. Some of us haven't killed our wives before. <laughs> no, sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> Um, they've been kind of chilling in this lab for a while now. Doing what? I don't know. They're not telling us. Is Tony making a device? Are they just sitting there because Tony's like, I'm time-outing myself and Reed's just there to babysit him? He does that better than he does his own kids, I guess. Well, wow. kids are pretty failing at babysitting right now if you read uh, any of the recent Fantastic Four stuff. Yeah, where are his kids? Because we've been cutting out all over the place. They're doing their own thing in the Fantastic Four runs. If you want to fill that in, that's where they are. No, thank you. (laughs) But since the beginning of the whole thing, Black Panther's actually been our narrator text blocks. He is kind of narrating towards the beginning when Hulkling's not acting like himself. And he asks, like, what is a king? What makes a king? And when it gets to Reed and Tony, he starts questioning what makes a leader. Then it goes to him fighting in Wakanda. And he still, and he ends with a king is someone who pretty much just, like, shows mercy. Which is really interesting. I like the take using his time as king, paralleling to the tyrannical switch to Teddy, and bringing in Tony. It ends with the transition to peace talks that go horribly, horribly wrong. So last issue, Mantis comes to Earth because she knew something was up with her son. Right. I remember that. Which you can see more of that in the Lords of Empire Celestial Messiah one shot, which was really good. I was actually supposed to come out before Empire 3, so this is a little behind, but they make references to it in Empire 4. She goes with the Invisible Woman, the Thing, She-Hulk, to try and talk to Sukhoi and try and get him to see that what he's doing is wrong and is not what it means to be a Celestial Messiah. Uh Genociding of the entire galaxy of any animal-like life is not the way to go. Um, All of a sudden, She-Hulk starts to tell their secrets. And you're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, she just starts to vomit plant from her mouth. Mm. Like a lot of the other people that have been infected by the Kotati that we saw in a couple of the other tie-in issues with this. We find out that they have been controlling the She-Hulk since the moment she went off with Swordsman on the moon back in Empire Avengers issue zero when she got the hammer and all of a sudden had gotten her clarity back. She was no longer talking in Hulk speak and Thor looked on a little skeptically. Uh, She's dead, guys. Yeah. They killed her. Well, they killed her before this. Let's be real. They murdered her character and now they've murdered her. She used to be the best. I was reading one of those old She-Hulk books where she's Mm. chatting at the camera and she's, like, making all these quips. And I was like, man, she used to be, like, my second favorite Marvel character. 
And now look at her. And then she, like, got that weird YouTube cooking show, and they made her all twee, and then they made her, like, oh. I don't want to be objectified anymore, so I'm going to be hokey. Got to be hokey. <laughs> and then she went all Hulk Hogan on everyone, and I was like, this is sort of lame. I don't want to hear her caveman speak and call that women's liberation or something, where she, like, starts acting more animal-like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've devolved, you know, like women should be naturally or something. So the fact that they killed her, I'm like, uh uh eh. It'll probably be better when she comes back, because it's comics, nobody stays dead forever. Especially for mainline characters, like She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Marvel, hire me. I can <laughs> do a better She-Hulk than you. You could probably do better than a lot of their titles. This is probably true, except for Black Cat, Jen McKay. I've never read such a good Black Cat. She's the best, and I could never do better. Aww. You are the best. Okay, you can continue now. I'm sorry. That was. <laughs> I just had to talk about She-Hulk. She's Shulk is the best, and they killed her. Yeah, she's one of your favorites. It's understandable. It's okay. We've we've mourned. Now we can go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, now she's a weird plant monster thing. She turns on her friends and attacks them. And cut scene to. Wiccan looking into Captain Marvel's memories to like see what she sees to get the full picture. He didn't believe her. He was like, what is going on? What do you mean this is what happened? And he knows automatically that it's not him. He's like, I know Teddy Altman better than anyone else on this earth or off it. And that guy up there, that is not the same man that I married. And everyone screamed. Everyone being Muse in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of the internet definitely screamed when that happened because in the Marvel community, they've definitely been a pair that a lot of people have kind of like latched onto. And it's been over eight years since the whole idea of them being fiancés was a thing. So sometime at one point they did get married and I don't know when, but we got an adorable spread of them with the Young Avengers in the background. I know I was really happy to see Eli again. We haven't seen him in a while. And also a really sweet thing about that picture is the priest is Alan Kimberg and the pianist is Jim Chung, who are the original creators of the Young uh, Avengers. And of course, Jim Chung has been doing the covers for this event as well. Marvel so, does love their self-inserts. They really do. Well, the artist for this did that for them. They didn't even know. Yeah, that's what Heather Antos said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know you modeled Gwenpool after me. Wow. Sure, Bendis did too, and then he updated a Marvel wiki of his character himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Muse. Go ahead, defend your faves. Go, fangirl. <laughs> we wanted to let you get it all out. No, you're good. They were very happy that to be included and being a part of the wedding because they were two characters that they dearly loved and created. So... I'm not a fan of the fact that they completely stepped over the death of She-Hulk. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that she's dead, it was delivered in the middle of battle. She was monologuing and talking. If she was the plant that infected her and the Kochati, because they're kind of a hive mind in a way. They have a bit of a connection with each other. Which makes me curious why you were super excited about the wedding at the end. Not concerned that your green friend Hulkling is acting a lot like exactly. She-Hulk. Which would mean that he is also stay with being... me. He's controlled, but he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. 
What if they buried the their gaze? The grandmother could be Shit. controlling them also. <laughs> Shit! Do we celebrate or do we freak out in the other direction? <laughs> <laughs> Just call me the fangirl killer. You are the... <laughs> You should have seen her face. It like just fell um. so dramatic. <laughs> I have a comeback because I felt this was weird that they would just put a focus on it. So during the, the battle when Carol and Johnny are revolting against the use of the pyre against uh, Earth, Johnny gets in a fight with Super Scroll and he goes to punch him and Super Scroll headlocks him and it takes all of the fire away from him because he has all the powers of the Fantastic Four. Right. Plus one. Super Scroll turns around and he's like, but you forget I have one ability that none of you Fantastic Four have. Apparently it has hypnotism. Well, you can say that and you can also say maybe his grandmother has some weird yeah. controlly thing. But also, when was he alone? with them they made it sound like he was resting or something he went to bed it's been like a day i don't know like why would you go to bed in the middle of this this seems to be like happening succinctly one after the other like this seems that's, what it looked like. that's what i thought was happening it was like in the last issue he was like no we're not killing anyone and now he's just sitting there like <laughs> yes we will we're killing everybody today it's like what? <laughs> it's a new holiday, and it's called Murder Day. <laughs> Did we switch writers? What's happening? So yeah, it sounds like Hulkling went to sleep for some odd reason. The Super Scroll says during his whole, like, Tanalth has sequestered herself away with some Kree ritual that won't wait. Oh. oh. And we should wake the Emperor. And then he comes in and says, sounds like I've slept enough. So a lot of people would potentially have access to his bed chambers because they need to get in to let him know if anything happens. That's a good point. I actually didn't read any of the first few pages. No, like those little subtle details is what makes me go like, something's up. But the subtle details made you think that? <laughs> Not no, the there's... dialogue itself? And the like how he has a permanent resting bitch face now. Yeah, well, it was all, it was just everything. And eyes and the blank stares. The lighting and on him. The... Every, every time it cuts to him, like the lighting is like. <laughs> but when you look back at the text before he comes in, and after Wiccan says, That's not my husband. And then you go back and you think about what Super Scroll was saying. The Emperor was sleeping and then wakes up and is a totally different person. And we just got the reveal of Grandma and Captain Glory, who is a Kree general's, confronted Tanalf at the end of last issue. So he's in on it. He's totally with her. He sounds evil through and through. I think it's mind control if I'm going to say it. Captain Marvel scanned him and he had the exact makeup of a Kree scroll hybrid and there aren't yeah. any others on the ship. So he's got to be mind controlled mm -hmm. either by the <laughs> I want to say the flood <laughs> <laughs> either by the halo flood or the kotati or a scooper scroll or his Kree grandmother <laughs> or some other random person who's been hanging out probably Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Someone is mind controlling him. Either way, he's not himself. But if it is the uh, Katati, he's dead, right? Probably. But they would scan the Katati in him. You think so? They would possibly scan two life forms like a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. We got, like, five more issues of this. K 
cannot wait for the next generation where we can just like put up a big sign that says K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> it's on the wall in art school. <laughs> People should know this if they're going into comics. It's way too confusing. Everyone needs calm down time. Honestly, that handbook that they came out with that's going to steer so many people away, myself included. That thing is just text after text. I didn't even get through the first page. He poured through it for hours today. <laughs> I haven't even gotten through it. I went through the Road to Empire. I typed up Sparknotes type things for me and V to get an understanding of all this stuff because there's no way I'm going to remember everything. And then I was going to tackle that handbook and I got through half the first page and it's talking about something that happened six years ago in another Avengers handbook. And I was completely lost, so I started browsing. I'm like, okay, maybe there's some comic thing somewhere. But nope, it looks like a history book. I don't know why they included so much, like, useless, arbitrary information that has nothing to do with Empire. Like, okay, they included some important key people. But why, did, like you said, Joe, like, why did they have to give six years of backstory on the Avengers? You could have put a paragraph or two of the little bit of lead up that has to do with the event. We don't need to know anything else about the Avengers or anything else about the Fantastic Four or Captain Marvel. Like some of these people you don't need to know at all. <laughs> well, I think Captain Marvel's trying to be the star of the show. I mean, sounds like her. She's, <laughs> she's definitely trying to heroically stop Hulkling with her plucky sidekick, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny's just like chorus girling her. He's like, whoa, and ah, and flame on. And he's like not doing a lot of his normal quips because there's so much screaming coming from her and the Hulks and the Krees, uh, the scrolls and the Krees and the Hulks and the bees. <laughs> Everyone's screaming in this issue. Muse was screaming. A harmony of screams, if you will. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Empire issue four. I'm gonna give it like a 6.5. Most of it was just confusion. There's nothing stand out in each issue. No. No. It's all just been little things. And if you read any of the other additional content, you get like a cohesive narrative focusing on one specific part of it. It's kind of like a house that's still drywall. You want another layer, sort of like you got the mechanics of the plot down. Now you need to make sure that each of the characters sound like themselves. You have to make sure that the characters, just some, some decorations, yeah. some furniture. Yeah. Put down something interesting that we can relate to as humans, because we don't relate to plots. We relate to characterizations. And there's so many players in this as well. You've got Avengers, Fantastic Four, a bunch of screen scroll people I don't know. The whole thing feels like that handbook where it's just all plot and nothing else. Like no room for any character mm -hmm. growth. No. I like where it started, but there was just too much thrown in into the pot. Yeah. I feel like they should have stretched it out instead of just having like so much at once and yeah maybe it would be different if we didn't have the pause on all the comics being printed and stuff like that maybe it would feel different but even then like their load of everything coming out was a lot bigger than it is it now. was and like mm -hmm. with the, these marvel events is it like dc where there's kind of like one main guy that's 
spearheading the event because i know like for dc like anything death metal it's mainly spearheaded by Scott snyder i would say al ewing is the main spearhead of this because i think he also wrote the empire avengers tie-in while dan slot did the fantastic four stuff it just seems like a lot of text yeah there's a lot of homework involved that i didn't even know about but yeah you got the kotati side of being upset and then Hulkling eventually being called to take on his destiny as emperor and dealing with all of that, you could have done these in two different events or put that as the main focus and thrown everything else to the side. But I don't know. So yeah, that's Empire, issue four. So let's move into the DC titles. Joe, would you like to talk about Justice League 50? I will not. All I'm going to say is, is that it sucked. It's not written by Venditti. I made a mistake. Justice League 49 was actually written by this guy called uh, Simon Spurrier. And that's why this whole story arc about the mind control and the aliens was garbage. These alien people, they were actually secretly being mind controlled by the Empress. Hmm. So much similar to Empire here. And um, Batman was just playing along also. Batman knew... And he was playing along. Batman was being mind-controlled. Wonder Woman used the lasso of truth on him because he seemed to be a lot more aggressive and defensive. And then realized that he was being mind-controlled with one of the tech device things. And then he just started playing the part of being mind-controlled for the rest of the issue until the very end. Oh my gosh. Pretty dumb. Yeah, the whole thing was stupid. So this weird little colonialism metaphor kind of broke down big time. Yeah. All right, yeah. I've never even heard of this guy, Simon Spurrier. But, yeah, it sucked. (laughs) Well, that was short and sweet. Uh, So, V, would you like to cover our issue this week for Batman? I will be brief. (sighs) Okay, so Batman, he is doing great. We are seeing some gorgeous art from the gorgeous Jorge Jimenez. Am I saying that right, or is that objectification? (laughs) Oh, well. Anyways, (laughs) it starts out with a dream sequence. It's in the future, Alfred's alive, Batman's living his best life. Gotham looks even cooler than Metropolis now. (laughs) It looks amazing. Batman has, you know, those silver around his temples. (laughs) He's got the Mr. Fantastic Superman Kingdom Come hair. He's got some real sleek, beautifully designed tech. He's fighting Mr. Freeze and Mr. Freeze's little kids, <laughs> which is cute. What were their names again? Snow Cone and Ice Pop. <laughs> I, love- <laughs> I love the idea that Batman's dream is that <laughs> Mr. Freeze has kids named Snow Cone and Ice Pop, <laughs> which is like your first clue. This is a weirdo world, but it's not even close to Batman Beyond because this Batman, he's happy. He's smiling. He's cracking jokes with Alfred. The city's safe. He's got tech to keep people safe and let them know where the fights are happening. He's using that beautiful suit. He's using his suit. His hair has a new curl to it that it's never had before. It's got that lustrous bounce he's always wanted. He says, oh, Mr. Freeze is going to be okay. We're going to get him the help he needs. His kids are being looked after by some nice people. They're going to be okay. Happy endings all around. He's just so happy. He's going to Tokyo. Harper's around. Timmy's upstairs with Connor. Oh, that's the part that you liked. You shippers. It was just Tinian's little, like, 
I'm going to throw this in here because it's a dream sequence and I can. And you can't say bupkis. It's a little gag for the TimCon shippers. It's been going around lately where there's been like this running theme at DC to like dunk on them a little bit. And they're really excited to be dunked on, which makes me happy. No, we're not. DC like... <laughs> Universe literally made an article about it. Yeah, That article intern. pissed us off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not what the comments said. Everyone in the TimCon server was like, delete this now. Either A, give it to us, or stop baiting us. We don't like it. <laughs> I don't mind Tinian, because Tinian, we all know and respect wait, that, like, wait. Them. No, stop baiting us. Tinian, continue baiting us. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> You're giving him a pass because you like him. Just admit it. I do like him, and I know he does ship them, but it's different when people who don't, or you get the DC execs, or you get, like, an intern write this article, and... Well, See, and also I would I could... be more upset with Tinian because he's baiting it and he has the power to change it. He unlike these though. DC articles. Yeah, writers. he does. He doesn't have the power. Like, if he does something like that and the upper management goes, um, then he's in trouble because he ships some people he wasn't supposed to. Mm. Although, I don't know the rules. Maybe you're okay to do that, especially in a dream sequence. I guess you can. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> he can. He can. You know why? Because freaking Tom Keen. <laughs> Created in Batman's dream sequence, Catwoman getting really intensely into a naked Superman that Lois showed her. If Batman could envision a robotic stripping Superman for his wife and wife's friend, I don't see why Batman can't believe Tim is gay with his buddy Connor. Yeah. Or that was just our subtext. I don't know. Rose-tinted shipper glasses. But I could also see your point, too, if, if they're trying to do the revisionist history where they're just, like, cutting pictures of Cassie out. You know, like, those pictures of, like, this is me pasted into the photo with my dreamy. And, like, <laughs> that person is, like... I know we're getting on, like, a shipping rant, but I will say, like, I don't think a lot of TimCon shippers want to bury that. Because that would just demean anything to do with their relationship as friends and their relationship together. We're not assholes over here. Well, you're not (laughs) with your crack ship. But yeah, I mean, like, if you want them to be together, you have to either kill Cassie or you have to get her paired up with Damien. (laughs) Let's not talk about that. That was okay. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on against the Tim Con people lately, and I feel like they're being bullied, but it's good to know that you know that you're being bullied. Oh, yeah, we know we're being bullied. (laughs) We know. Okay, cool. Well, so there's a tangent. I'm going to quit it verbatim because I didn't even like, explain what we were talking about, which is unfair. At one point, Alfred goes, Young Master Timothy brought Connor with him to dinner. They have a, all caps, proposal of their own. And you're like, oh! And then Batman says, a very expensive proposal, I'm sure. I'm still paying off the last Titans Tower. So it's like a little punchline. A little punchline with the emphasis on the proposal, but then mm-hmm. it's like, it is and it isn't. Like, you can read it however you want, because it's literature and emphasis. But <laughs> And I will simply roll my eyes and keep on reading. And I am that gif that says, that's bait. That's bait right there. <laughs> I look at it squee and then say, that's bait. <laughs> See, it made you happy, so it's worth it. Um, and it 
made Joe freak out, which also makes it worth it. So anyway. Well, it's like, listen, I don't mind it. You want to ship it, ship it, fine. But I'm kind of on that same side of like, if you want it to happen, just make it happen. Yeah, don't tease Don't just keep it. teasing it because. Yeah. It's it's rude to fans and you it's have rude to, to the characters. rework it. I do in feel somehow. like they're testing the waters a little bit because it's been way too much too sudden, you know? Where it's a lot of like hint hint wink wink, we see you. I feel like maybe who's in charge now? But Jim Lee. Jim Lee is probably at fault. I don't know. I don't know why I want to start a fight with everyone today. Okay, moving on. So basically Bruce realized it's a nightmare because we remember he was dosed with something extra potent. That somehow Punchline was immune to, but we're not going to talk about that. His dreams turn into nightmares. Everybody's heads are melting. They turn into Joker faces. And this is a recurring thing. So he wakes up screaming. There's Harley Quinn. He's like, Harley, Catwoman said you were hurt. And she's like, yes, (laughs) this is true. I thought she had a black eye, but then I remembered that's her makeup. (laughs) She has a scratch on her neck that she pitched up. A little scratch? Yeah, it's probably going to be like a cool looking scar. It's going to get infected, I can tell you that. It looks infected for sure. But she also was thrown into a sewer. I feel like she should have died. I mean, the amount of times that water has been poisoned. She's worked up in immunity. She sits in the (laughs) beginning. She always has to travel by sewer. But yeah, she's looking a little pale tell you that Uh. anyways (laughs) she's all dressed up for war whatever she's all messy and she's like oh i got hurt a bunch so she's delivers some exposition about the town jokers bought everything which makes me think like who's selling to the joker who's selling ad space to the joker but also the fact that batman's been knocked out for three days yeah that's not healthy he needs a cat scan (laughs) so Basically, he's still delusional. That's how potent Mm -hmm. this stuff is. He is hearing Alfred. Oh, almost glossed over the most important part. This one is actually the first appearance of the Clown Hunter. So we get to see a little bit more of the Clown Hunter. It's only one page. But we get to see him with his mohawk helmet, his... The little monologue at the bottom of the page, I feel like, describes Clown Hunter. Oh, it's bad. (laughs) You didn't like it? I mean, he has, like, the same style of outfit as Punchline, I feel like. He really does, because he's the same designer. But, like, (laughs) it's that thing. It's extra. He's got all these extra things on him that are discordant, and it's ugly, and it's tacky. It just looks very Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hot Topic tacky. The only thing I like about his design is the weapon. He is using a Batman battering. Yeah. Which is interesting that it's, like... It's more the battering that he's using because it's like his symbol and his way of kind of like fighting back in a way. But that's that's the only cool thing about him so far. He's also extremely young. Yeah. Which, you know, is a prerequisite to being invited into the Bat family. But also, like, I did like that he is using a bat and he put a battering through mm-hmm. it and he is using it to basically mace people in the face, which yeah. I respect the consistency there if nowhere else in his <laughs> outfit. <laughs> he made the pun without saying the pun. Yeah. So, good for him. Um, I think I'm going to like him. I appreciate that they're bringing in this character. They didn't make him all bouncy and wacky. <laughs> they just brought in this tired kid that looks kind of like Tim, and he's just like, yeah, 
gotta go kill some clowns. And he's all like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And he's <laughs> like a respectful young boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Mohawk, have fun. <laughs> so that's all we see of him. Other highlights are, where is he? As Batman like <laughs> slaps Harley into a wall. For no good reason, by the way. And she's still delivering exposition, like, in between. She's trying, basically, to dope Batman up because he's kind of a danger to himself and others. You know how Batman is. He's like, I can survive on 1% battery. (laughs) This is me. So, you remember that sweet little theater owner from the last one? I thought they killed him already. He, Joker didn't. He had him deliver a message about Zorro to everywhere, and then he kills him at the end and it's very umbrella academy style death it's really graphic and unhappy i felt so bad yeah it hurt there's a lot of emotion in his face it's kind of grotesque uh batman recalls his childhood and knows exactly what joker's doing and he's so mad it's like with my own money he's recreating this to me it was like what a waste of money (laughs) (laughs) but um he's also hearing alfred in his head which is just adorable because he's like, you're not real. And Alfred's like, I know I'm not real. He's like making <laughs> bad choices. And Alfred's like, sir. And he's like, quiet, Alfred. I need to think. <laughs> I'll be with you in a moment, Alfred. Just one minute. <laughs> he's like, this is bad. I need to go figure out what's wrong he's with like, my head. He's like, I know I'm going crazy right now. But can I just say that is a beautiful shot of him on of the- Batman? Yes. That one full page spread. Oh, he's staring yeah. down at the city. But the effect is beautiful. It's purple. It's lovely. Every scene in this is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I really do like how he and Alfred are working together, even if it is his delusion. He seems to be enjoying that part of it. And it helps him talk to someone so that it's not total silence for Mm -hmm. us. And I thought I was going to partner up with Harley Quinn, and I was wrong. He just left her behind after, like, punching her a few times. (laughs) Which, you know, it's not great, but he is on drugs. Alfred's his buddy. Yep. We're not bringing any women with us. (laughs) So they go to fight the Joker, who is also doing really good on the hair. His hair is very (laughs) attractive today. Remember all those laughing people in the theater? Turns out that those people were all people that Batman failed to save from Joker that had been Jokerified and buried different parts of Gotham. Which is insane. Just the fact that, like, Joker got these files of every single person he killed, dug them up to put them in this theater. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not aware that Joker is super extra? (laughs) (laughs) That's his whole thing. You look at that man and you go, wow, that is extra. So he's obviously going to do this. He recreated every detail of the monarch and he filled it chock full of people that had been Jokerfied. And then... He put these corpses with that gas that he got from the designer, and now they're all ready to kill Batman. So we get to see Joker doing a little bit of exposition on the screen, but we don't see Joker himself. He sets it up with some ominous foreshadowing that he's basically going to make every person that Batman failed to save Joe Chill, and Gotham is all going to get to experience what Batman experienced as a child. Which I'm assuming is the loss of someone they love. We're going to see something creepy happening. We're going to see a lot of deaths. And probably none of the Justice League show up to help. No. No. (laughs) It's a Batman arc. He's drugged up and it's just him and Harley Quinn. For now. For now. So, 
that'll be cool. I think it's a solid setup. It's kind of where we left off last time. We haven't moved that far forward. Yeah. I still enjoyed it, but I feel like I liked the last issue more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one felt a little wheel spinny, but mm-hmm. it was really beautiful, so I didn't Oh, mind. yeah. So that was Batman 96. I'm looking forward to reading Batman 97, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, I got to give this one probably an 8 out of 10. Yeah, it was a good rating. Yeah, it was really solid. So we have more... DC Comics that came out this week. Would you like to read those out? Oh, sure. You know, I just went to my comic shop for the first time in forever. Got to look around. Batman The Adventure continues number three. We have Dark Knight's Death Metal, Legends of the Dark Knight's number one. That was so bad. Deceased Dead Planet 2. The Dreaming Waking Hours number one. Did you check that out yet? Nope. I heard really good things. I have not heard anything, so I'm going to check it out before I read anything about it, just so I don't spoil it for myself. Uh, Far Sector number seven. And now for free comic book day, we also get Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice Super Sampler number one. Which I am so confused about. One of those two shows are canceled (laughs) from many years ago now, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that Young Justice Sampler is also from season one of the show. Maybe they're trying to, like, do a check to see if people like it so that maybe they can release a new series. Maybe. Like an interest check. But also, our comic shop, and I'm not sure if other people's are the same, but ours got super backed up. Yeah. Like, they lost a bunch of the free comics book day comics that were supposed to come out weeks ago. They just don't know where they went. They never arrived. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that we didn't see those there. At least I didn't. Did you I see didn't. Them? Yeah. So, who knows what you'll find at your local comic shop. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of free comic books that were interesting. Definitely check the ones outside of DC and Marvel, too. Mm-hmm. So, also, for Black Labels, they had Strange Adventures, number four. And to finish it up, Young Justice, number 17. That is the last issue I am reading until somebody new is on the series. You can only read people talking in Valley Girl accents so long. Oh. It's so cringy. I'm just so tired of repeating myself when it comes to this man and all of his titles. So I am just cutting out Young Justice. I'm cutting out Action Comics. I'm cutting out Superman. Starting fresh. Positive things. Until Muse reads <laughs> issue 18 and sends you screenshots. And I will not look. <laughs> look at it, damn it! I'll trick him. I'll be like, oh my gosh, look at this picture of Superman by Patrick Gleason. He'll be like, where? Oh my god, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> evil. That's evil! <laughs> oh my god. Don't Get do that. Get his hopes up so high and then mug and shoot them in a dark alley. Literally. <laughs> Alright, Joe, would you like to read out the other Marvel comics that we had this week? Sure. Uh, so we have Ant-Man number four, we have Avengers of the Wasteland number four, Black Cat number 12, which oh, was great. The best! Me and V read that. It is amazing. It's such a good series by Jed McKay. You should definitely pick it up. Every day is a heist. Every <laughs> issue is brilliant and clever and has a cool new twist. You're going to love this one if you read it. Even if you don't like Black Cat, it's great. Mm-hmm. There's 12 issues and an annual out right now, and they have a second annual coming. So, we also have Captain America number 21, Deadpool number 6, Doctor Strange number 6, Empire Handbook number 1, which, as I mentioned, is nothing but text. 
You have Empire X-Men number 2, Fantastic Four number 22, Giant Size X-Men, Phantom X number 1, Guardians of the Galaxy number 5, Lords of Empire, Celestial Messiah number 1, Maestro, Future Imperfect, Marvel Tales number 1, Gamerverse, Marvel Spider-Man The Black Hat Strikes number 4, Star Wars number 5, and Strike Force number 9. Which was the last issue Oh of wow. It was supposed to have an issue 10 for a Empire tie-in, but got canceled. So it's done. So, Joe, would you like to cover our news for DC? Sure. So, for the past couple of weeks, Tom Taylor has been doing, like, a weird Scrabble thing on his Instagram. He's been posting, like, one letter a day or something like that. And it was going to spell out his next project. People already figured out that it was spelling out Injustice. Turns out that he is writing a prequel to Injustice Gods Among Us, and it's going to be called Injustice Year Zero. It's going to be 14 issues, also involving the JSA, about the year leading up to when Joker had Superman kill Lois, and starting the whole Injustice event. Apparently, chapters 1, 2, and 3 are already available digitally, and then chapter 4 is going to be released August 18th. Are you going to read this one? I was thinking about it. I don't need to read the sequel to understand this one. I don't like prequels. And I don't like Injustice. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) So we have some Marvel news. We do. You want to hear it? (laughs) You know my favorite Marvel series? (laughs) That we just said was amazing. It's incredible. Okay, so... If you've been following my Twitter, you've seen my meltdown. Um, Jed McKay, writer of Black Cat, stated that issue 13 will be on hold for a long bit, but Felicia Hardy will return in Marvel's Keenan Black event this October. It's supposed to be some kind of Venom-centric event uh, where the dark god Null arrives on Earth. So that could be interesting. I do love the Venom Black Cat thing, but also like just Black Cat. We may have something in that free comic book day. Yes. So there is a free comic book day issue with Spider-Man and Black Cat teaming up. And it's got a Venom. And it is written by Jed McKay. And Donnie Cates, who is the big Venom writer right now and leading that King and Black event. Donnie Cates is okay. He's so hyped up, though. People love him. He really is. I read his Thor series and eh. People really do like him, though. So I feel like I'm wrong. But I'm Jed McHale the way. Holy cow. That guy's plots, his <laughs> characterization, the absolute fun shenanigans. It's a lot like Chuck Dixon's 90s Catwoman run. Yeah. But even a little bit more irresponsible and, ca- mm-hmm. and chaotic. She's just chaotic. And she's so happy. She's never without like a B, C, D plan. And she explains it to you. Ocean's Eleven style at the end every time and you're like what you were doing this that was awesome and the fact that she keeps getting you each time mm-hmm. even though you've seen her in action you're like I know what she's doing you don't know what she's doing she's crazy roping in all these other characters like Wolverine and Iron Man in his last two issues she's a magician she's always like look at my left hand and then doing something crazy with her right hey, Doctor Strange also I think in an issue she did rob Doctor Strange yeah. at that point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. And in this one, they had us like almost two thirds of the way. It's oh, like, that was so good. Because she takes on Iron Man. 
She creates a custom suit and then she tries to outmaneuver him in the air. And Dang. it's just unbelievable because moving that fast and these quick maneuvers and everything, you would make yourself pass out. And even Tony's like, how the hell are you pulling this off? And she like kind of ha ha's it off and you're like, oh, she's not going to explain. And then later that becomes a plot point. And it's so cute because they're like little things that are set up. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, no, don't look at those. It's not important. There's something else happening here. And it's all just like constant on the move. Even if it doesn't work, she never stops moving. So I hope it comes back soon because it's my favorite thing by Marvel. And I'm really sad. Well, two more months. Just when I get her put in my pull box instead of like actually ordering each individual issue <laughs> this is what i have to deal I'm so with so excited about it too you're like i'm gonna get be able to pick up my black cat <laughs> it's me on the way to the comic shop getting my black cat fix here we go <laughs> now enough of that skit do you want to hear about next week's comics or not yes please all right dc's comics for next week are batman the outsiders number 15 the batman's grave number nine dark knight's death metal number three Detective Comics 1025. Mm-hmm. Tomasi's still doing that? Yep, but that's a new arc. Of course they it is. wrapped up the Two-Face one. Every two issues is a new arc, didn't yep. you hear? it's like Venditti. Well, you can expect this one will be pretty good, because the first one's pretty good, and the last one's pretty bad. Yeah, so. it'll be average. Is it a Joker War tie-in? Or um, yeah, because the last story arc, too, was tying into Joker War. Because he was doing something with the Court of Owls, dead people. Mm. Well, expect Batman to be a, a terrible person. That's all <laughs> we can expect from Tomasi at this point. If this man hasn't proven enough that he hates hitting Gotham. Release him! Alright, so The Flash 759 is coming out. Green Lantern Season 2, number 6. Not confusing at all. Nope. Hawkman 26, Justice League Odyssey, number 23. Superman number 24. I'm not reading it. <laughs> Wonder Woman 760 with a gorgeous oh, variant cover. Can we just say, these variants for Wonder Woman that are coming out, we saw the previews of them up to 765. And my goodness, are they the most beautiful things I've ever seen. You're going to have to move on those Joshua Middleton covers because they're going to get sold out so oh, fast. Good thing we have them in our pull box. For sure. Get a pull box at your local comic shop. (laughs) (laughs) And Marvel titles. So we have The Amazing Spider-Man number 46, Captain Marvel number 19, Empire number 5, Empire Avengers number 2, Empire Captain America number (laughs) 2, Empire X-Men number 3. I am so tired of saying Empire. Ghost Spider number 9, Hawkeye Freefall number 5, The Immortal Hulk number 36, Marauders number 11, Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider number 5, Star Wars Darth Vader number 4, Venom number 27, and X-Force number 11. Alright, thank you for listening to this week's podcast, The Court of Outlets. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Outlets. Let us know which comic you want us to cover next week and make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcast. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.